Can you believe we've been doing this show for three years now? Well, hopefully you can because we have been. So I'd like to welcome you once again to another episode of Civic Cipher. I'm your host, Ramses Ja. He is your host, Ramses Ja. I'm the other dude to just be here. Stop. Just kind of <laughs> hanging out. <laughs> no, seriously. Uh, I am Q Ward and you are tuned in to Civic Cipher. Yes, sir. Broadcasting from the Hip Hop Weekly Studios. Um, three years, man. Three years is incredible. Three years is crazy. Um, we used to be DJs. We used to be DJs, man. And that was it. Yeah. We, we talked on the radio, but you know, that we, we, talked, on one, we talked on one radio, one radio station. station. Yeah. Yeah. So once upon a time. Um, today, what we're going to do is commemorate the three years we feel like it's important to look back on the progress that not only we've made as a show but um what we as a country have have accomplished in the past three years it's a very different world now um some people have lost their mojo some people have kept it and um you know these are things that are it's important to you know kind of measure where you've come from yeah, where you're headed very much so um reorient yourself and make sure that you've um you know, come to terms with the reality of your situation. So we plan on doing that today. We're also going to take a, uh, a little bit of time uh, from today's show to really discuss what it is that we're hoping for and what it is that we want people to know. The most important things that we want people to know. We haven't, that we're going to have this conversation in real time. Yeah, We haven't prepared for it. There's no preparation. <laughs> but uh, I think that's a very important question. And I think that we can certainly get some... Um, some real honest dialogue um, about what the future should hold and and take into account what we've accomplished. So Ho hopefully I don't come across too. Uh, hey, man, it's necessary. <laughs> what doom and gloom, whatever it is, is necessary. First and foremost, though, we're going to start off with some Ebony Excellence. Um, today's Ebony Excellence is sponsored by Major Threads for innovative, fashionable sportswear. Check MajorThreads.com. You want to grab this one? It's uh, some sports stuff. Forbes.com. Uh, the dramatic win by American Coco Golf in the U.S. Open proved to be a rare ratings breakthrough moment for women's sports as a Saturday afternoon game trounced the men's Sunday final in viewership and broke the ESPN record for the most watched women's Grand Slam final. Uh, Coco Golf, 19 years old, the youngest young woman since Serena Williams to win the U.S. Open mm -hmm. final. Um, mm -hmm. So very, very powerful million, uh, movement for her. Nearly three and a half million people watched golf become the first American teenager to win in two decades. Um, golf's championship was the most viewed women's final of any tennis major ever broadcast on ESPN. That is such an incredibly powerful yeah. truth. Yeah, it's her moment. Considering how long tennis has been on the airways and how much reach ESPN has. Sure. Um, it's an interesting thing happening with the men's final, though. Having the men's final on the first Sunday of the NFL just seems like a bad idea that sure. you think someone would have like tapped in and made a change. Now we don't want to go up against that, but not. Um, Coco Golf kind of used the fuel from doubters and haters yeah. to push her through to that final. So I think we all got to celebrate with her um, as she had that monumental moment. Uh, the women's championship was the third most watched program across all of cable last week beaten only by, of course, two college football games, one of those being Coach Prime's Colorado Buffaloes. All right. Um, the anticipated Texas-Alabama matchup, of course, had 7.9 million. Um, Colorado game ended up having, I think, nine and a half million, some really astronomical number. So yeah. one time for Coco Golf. Man. Yeah, yeah, she's doing her thing. Ebony Excellence, if I ever heard of it, uh, really proud of her. Um, so 
the topic of the day, three years, three years, I'm three years older, I have three years more experience. Yeah, man. Um, we're all three years older. And before we, before we get to that, I want to make sure that everyone knows that this is not necessarily a moment where we're going to pat, pat ourselves on the back. Um, I, I do believe that it's important for us to acknowledge what we've done because mm -hmm. this is a very difficult thing to do every week, especially coming from the environment that we come from and being the type of people we are. I think our, our nature is to be happy. Um, and this is kind of interesting that I've had to come to terms with the fact that the, a lot of people, when they see black people fighting and struggling, they, they kind of think, oh yeah, that's just what they do. And they don't account for the fact that this is what we do because it's necessary, not because it's, we're just born like, oh my gosh, where's the struggle? We want to be happy too. We want to spend our time doing whatever, not yeah. worried about stuff. We're normal people. And yeah, we do not seek out the struggle. No, we're not we're kind of born into these circumstances and then we have to yeah. figure out the best we can how to either endure or escape. Sure, sure, exactly. And that's those are kind of the choices that we're left with, but definitely not, not a decision that we make as a people that mm -hmm. we're just here for the struggle and the fight that comes with it. Right, right. So um, the other thing is that when it comes to um, us walking our path, us um, deciding what our lives is going to, are, are going to hold for us, we have to make sure that we're accounting for every possible permutation. Mm. Okay. Um, but where we've, where we've landed, you and I, has been, you know, right here. And as I mentioned, this is not just to pat ourselves on the back. We want to take a moment to acknowledge some of the the headlines over this past week and and let you know that we're going to get to them. So first up, um, we are familiar with the headline where the uh, there was a black kid who was invited to swim with his white friends he thought they were friends and his then they friends is a deaf is a is an interesting way to describe the children that he went swimming with right right um, as multiple times they tried to um drown and harm this kid mm -hmm. it, it, something that he probably thought he was going to go do to have fun and just didn't turn out to be that way. yeah yeah and then as they held him underwater um he said he couldn't breathe and then they started calling him george floyd so there's some uh, some interesting uh, racial elements there. We're definitely going to talk about that. Um, we also are going to talk about um, a lot of the smash and grab shoplifting videos. Um, you know, we, we feel like the media is really showing only one side of that. Um, there's also groups of non-black or white shoplifters doing those kind of flash mob sort of attacks on stores and yeah. walking out. Um, with the things and then also um, there's a certain narrative that really supports retailers and police if we're being honest because police can point to these black shoplifters which wrong is wrong doesn't matter what color you are but i think by um, highlighting these these black shoplifters um it it certainly feels like the police can say, look how, how necessary we are. Let's buy another tank. And they, I mean, they're very intentional with what they highlight. Yes, yeah, exactly. It's not just 
black people doing that. Oh yeah, not at all. And that's that's and they have video of everyone else doing it too. Get as much sure. You know, it's press. Not, it's not as sensational. Yeah. Sure. So we definitely want to talk about that, and 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 there's some other elements there too. A lot of the stores can justify raising their prices, laying people off, um, you know, keeping prices artificially high, turning a higher profit, and they can blame shoplifting. And the fact of the matter is that shoplifting accounts for a very small amount of their overall revenue loss. Um, that type of shoplifting is, relatively speaking, insignificant. The CEO of Walmart confirmed that. Um, th their real shrinkage is what it's referred to, the loss of inventory. Um, is It comes from employee theft. Employee um, theft or bad or damaged goods in general. Sure, but employee far, theft is the biggest chunk. Than than exactly. And so, um, and then of course those smash and grab type shoplifters is a is a very, very small amount amount of that. But how they view it is or how it's being presented to the public is like, oh my God, crime is rampant in liberal cities and blah, blah, blah. So there's a whole other side that we need to explain. Um there was the police shooting of Eddie. Irizari, um, where the police came and shot him in the head and then said that he got out of the car and threatened him. And then, of course, there was the video that came out that shows the police coming up and assassinating him, putting a bullet to his head. Um, and we haven't been able to talk about that yet. Um, what else are we talking about here? Um, oh, in uh, San Francisco, it's really sad. A police cruiser was in pursuit of something else going 65 miles an hour in like a 25 zone, 35 zone, something like that. Hit 23-year-old uh, Janavi Kandula. Uh, oh, sorry, this was in Seattle. Um, and then there's a police officer talking on the phone. You may have seen this video. He's talking on the phone about her. And it's like, oh, she's dead, bro. We just got to write a check to the family for $11,000. She was a nobody, that sort of stuff. Um, <laughs> the worth of this human being. Right, right. So far less yeah. than what he thought it was. And um, there's another uh, story that we want to talk about, too. And again, we'll try to get to this stuff next week. But uh police trainer this is the guy training the police um he shot a police recruit in the chest because he was playing with her and she died on the floor's video of it um and that video uh, is very unreal to watch yeah and he just pulled out his gun and shot her and he's like oh my god i thought it was my training gun so um you kind of at least the police in in moments like that are able to heed the gravity of the fact that hey these things are designed to kill this is not funny it's not a game. This is you'd be prepared to end the life and deal with the consequences. And unfortunately, we have a video of one officer killing another officer says it was an accident. I believe that it, it was. There was nothing to really provoke it, but um, certainly something that gets us to talk about guns. All of these things and more we talk about on our social media. Please follow us at Civic Cipher. We have a whole new social media campaign and strategy. We could really use your support because there's a lot of negative comments um, on there at Civic Cipher. And of course, at uh, I am Q Ward at Ramses Ja. But at Civic Cipher is the main one. We have a whole plan. Your support will go a long way. But for now, back to <laughs> our three-year anniversary. So uh, in brief, for those that don't know, this show was born out of Q&I. Uh, as you mentioned, we worked at um, a hip-hop station in, in Phoenix, Arizona. And in 2020, we felt like the hip-hop station could do rather more than put a black square on Instagram. And, uh, you know you know join the blackout and put a hashtag yeah and so um we asked them if they could put a show on the air that really highlighted a lot of the uh leadership that was on the streets organizing the protest and a show that really allowed us to speak to all the different races and cultures and backgrounds and people that were on the street to support black people in that moment 
um we 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 thought it was a beautiful moment i know that um we were out there with our with our children we were celebrating we were affirming our our worth and our lives i also don't want it to seem like it was just something that we thought yeah everybody thought it was it, a beautiful yeah. moment yeah not just black people and not just americans the entire world responded to that moment collectively mm -hmm. and the fact that we were not putting the right amount of emphasis on it was something that kind of bothered us yeah that, which is what started that dialogue in sure, the first place sure so um we asked the powers that be at the radio station hey can we get some of the leaders up on this the station talk to them about you know um what it is that we're going for what we're trying to do you know let people know where the next protest is and then of course there's some uh disinformation and not entirely factual information coming from other media outlets yes, and indeed. we could really step in and clear up some of that that these aren't riots that you know it's safe you know to come and support anyway long and the short of it is they ended up saying no to us and we resigned we didn't feel that that was appropriate um the, and the why is important you can't tell the story without leaving out the why but it's not just that they said no to us uh, but very specifically they said that they didn't want to do a black show hmm. and i have to always remind people of two or a few very, very specific points that make that messaging hit a little bit different. Uh, the first thing is that there were not a lot of black people on air in Phoenix at the time. Yeah. I think we may have been the only two and we were on the same show on the same station. Mm -hmm. So us representing the entirety of black hip hop voices on the radio at the time. Um, secondly, there were different ways to try to give us that same message. Right in the, in the spirit of giving people the benefit of the doubt. I always say they could have said, but that's the wrong way to put it. They could have meant that they didn't want us to do a political show on the hip hop station. Mm -hmm. And that would have made sense. They could have meant that we don't want to do a divisive show. We make our audience choose sides and that's not what we want to do. We don't want to be so polarizing. They could have meant all of those things. What they meant is that they didn't want black. And the hip hop station, that's every dollar that they make is from black music and culture. Mm -hmm. Them specifically saying those really, words to us. That was really hurtful. That was more than just offensive. It was hurtful. And it hit in a way that those, uh, I think they could have meant something very similar to that, but that's not what they meant. So that's not what they said. Because yeah. It would have been easier to say those other things. Yeah. Even if you meant we don't want to do black. Yeah. So it's that that part of our story will always be the part that resonates with me the most. Sure. Because the person they said those words to is Ramses Ja. Yeah. So uh, I'm glad you mentioned that, Q, because for uh, there's this has been a three year journey. So we appreciate everyone that's jumped on board along the way. But um, before this show existed, before it had a name, before we had the framework for it that we have now and all the partners and the affiliates and all the new stations um, that have been, you know, carrying the show. Um, I had to feel that pain. You know, I had to feel that hurt. I, I cried. Um, as you can imagine, I've been broadcasting ever since I graduated from college. That was the only job I knew. And I knew that if I quit the way that I was going to quit by writing a resignation and taking you with me and, you know, um, that uh, I might not broadcast ever again. And that was the only thing I know. So it's very scary. And imagine being in a position where the whole city knows who you are. 
it's very you're very proud to have accomplished something like that and i always did my best to do right by people my family was proud of me my friends my my mentors everyone was really proud of me and then i had to leave because it was the right thing to do i needed to stand with the people i needed to stand with my people and i knew that you would it would come with me but i made the choice for you no but the really the really interesting thing about having made that choice yeah. and i think it's important to point out is things worked out mm -hmm. so in the rearview mirror it seemed like yeah it looks great we had this master plan and it worked out perfect yeah. and it's like no man when when ramses quit on our behalf there was no plan b there was no backup plan it was like okay i guess we just don't do radio anymore yeah we got to figure out what's next yeah but what's most important right now is being, you know, our father's son, our son's father mm -hmm. and brothers to each other. And, mm -hmm. you know, holding up the community in a way that we felt was res our responsibility. Yeah. Even when it was not in our best fiscal interest to do so, because in our minds, not just that we resigned, but again, the way that we did it. There was no yeah. There you can't come there back. Was no new opportunity coming after that. For 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 people that don't know, we had to name names just to hold people accountable. We had to you know call out the call letters. We got the community involved. Like hey, listen, you know, wrote the letter to the community, and then the newspapers want to come because again, there's no there's no black radio personalities on air at the time. So they're like, oh my gosh, the only black people are quitting because of you know in the middle of these protests and uh, you know so. um with it being amplified like that no one else wants to touch you as a radio personality and, and as you mentioned q it all worked out now you look back on it and it's you know i don't know how many stations were on somewhere in like 70 over 70 stations around the country um and we're grateful for every single one and every single listener because this is the noblest thing that i believe i've done in my adult life career-wise um personally obviously the most noble thing i can do is be a father to my son yeah. but but professionally this is it um when they bury me they won't say oh ramses was a dope dj and ramses gave away a bunch of cardi b tickets they're gonna say ramses did what what he could to make the world a better place they're gonna say q did what he felt was right and and created a more equitable society for people and that so that's certainly um we're grateful for this Very journey so. and and that it worked out and it, it continues to work out um since then and real quick i do want to shout out our newest station uh and melissa vaughn at wrir fm in richmond virginia we've been trying to get on in richmond for a long time and one time we now have virginia. a footprint in richmond we have another couple of stations there shout out wowie fm shout out norfolk state university they have they carry us in in virginia as well so um uh yeah um but since then in the past three years we've managed to make some national headlines uh as a show um obviously Late last year, we had uh, some an interesting <laughs> period in our show where we acquired a a trademark, a trademark for the to to make clothes branded with the the phrase "White Lives Matter," uh, effectively preventing Kanye West from releasing clothes that that said that to the public, um, which is why you don't see kids wearing that nonsense at the mall. Um, and I want to always say, because there are people that push back, I always want to say that we obviously know that white lives matter. We believe that white lives matter and we believe that all lives matter. But at present, we are affirming that black lives matter and anything that interferes with that messaging, we feel is hateful and divisive. And so our um, owning that mark doesn't mean that we don't believe in it. It just means that we're able to keep people from 
profiting off of what we consider to be hate. Um, but that's something that's happened in the past three years. Obviously, partnerships with Radio Pacifica, iHeartMedia, uh, various personalities and companies um, around the country. Um, shout out Big Boy, shout out Blue Light Kev, shout out, um, shoot, I, don't, I couldn't even name on Queen Yanajaha. You know, shout the, out Steve Earnhardt. Steve, yeah. <laughs> Let's start there. Yeah, the, the man. person that believed in us and gave us a, a shot right after we effectively turned the lights out yeah, yeah. at our previous station and it gave us the blueprint for syndication so yeah. that's he's the he's the uh the architect of these uh however many stations we're on now um want to shout out a couple other special people um ali and jan um they are our agents um our literary agents specifically but they're working with us and and a dear friend of ours named uh, leah she's working with us too on a an, a forthcoming book where we get to um, commit to uh, the the total the sum total of human knowledge, our beliefs in terms of becoming a better ally. Um, so we managed to grab a book deal. Not that we grabbed it; it was presented to us. You know, we're also working on a movie, so I want to take a moment to shout out Chris Byfield and Breaking Glass Pictures for the forthcoming documentary, highlighting everything that we've done. We've gotten tons of awards. So now we, we're forevermore an award-winning radio show. We are award-winning radio personalities. Thank you to the Smithsonian. Yes, the Smithsonian. Uh, Washington, D.C. For, for even caring enough to, talk, to speak with us. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and maybe at some point in the near future, highlighting our story and everything that we're doing yeah. um, in Washington. Specifically, the, the, so the Smithsonian is huge, but the uh, National Museum of African American History and Culture. Um, dear friends of the show, um, we're just very excited about that relationship as it continues to blossom. Obviously, our relationship with Black Information Network, uh, not enough can be said about that. And um, I think that personally, or beyond the scope of this show, um, we as a people, one of the, the, most significant things that we've done in the past three years since we've been on the air is we have gotten, we got a new president and that really changed the temperature that really changed how it felt to be black in this country. We're not out of the woods, but, and I'm not going to say that I'm a fan of anybody, but it, it, it th that change of president was a change in temperature that was well, that was well received. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't dislike anybody. Well, I don't dislike our current president, yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought I, that I up. I wanted though. Bernie. <laughs> yeah, likewise. I'm glad you brought that up though, because um, we've become a bit disenfranchised with our political system here. And hopefully what we had will make us a bit more aggressive this time around with what we need. 